I believe one of the most important things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind, and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community. From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43-page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self-sabotage. If you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding, and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life, but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download. Hi, I'm Shay and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. 
This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydaya.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. It is me and Shay today. And today we wanted to talk in this episode a little bit about fertility. Many of you may know that Shay is pregnant at the moment. So she's got a little bit that she wants to share about conscious conception and talk a little bit more about the energetics of fertility. And obviously me being the science geek, I'm going to do the nuts and bolts of fertility and talk a little bit about um, healthy hormonal cycles and talk about what can go wrong in our hormone cycles and then the different things that we can do to support our bodies so that those natural processes work really, really well. How Shay and I actually decided on the topic today is we were messaging a little bit. I've been actually updating my Happy Hormones ebook at the moment, and Shay was doing some graphic work for me for the book, which is absolutely beautiful. And we were talking a little bit about infertility. And one of the things I said is I, I feel like there is so much women don't know about how they can help themselves and how they can prepare their bodies to to optimize their fertility and to optimize their hormonal cycles. So that's really the framework for today. We'll be diving in first and foremost into like the sciencey stuff. So bear with if that's not necessarily a thing, but hopefully there'll be a few great takeaways for you. Before I dive in, Shay, was there anything you wanted to touch on and say? Just backing on to what you said about where this um, concept and ideas come from is that since I have shared about us falling pregnant, which happened very spontaneously, very unplanned, completely surprised, and it's been quite difficult for me because um, there's some people who have messaged me who for years have been, or for at least a long period of time, have been really struggling with fertility. And I think that can be quite a jarring thing. Like if somebody who wasn't really planning to fall pregnant had this very natural, spontaneous, um, surprise pregnancy, and at the same time, there's somebody who's really, really like trying their hardest to fall pregnant. And I just, that's also what started this conversation. And I was just like, you know, is there something that these people can do that maybe it's, you know, something to do with their diet or their gut? Or how can I offer some support to these people other than the emotional support of, I'm just thinking about you and feeling you as well, holding space for you at the same time, also holding my own joy with this experience that I'm moving through. So I think like, that's where I am at in terms of um, trying to manage, you know, my experience with the experience of others as well and being mindful of wherever everybody else is on their journey with this. So, yeah. For me, it's also very frustrating um, to a certain extent, like knowing what I know. I've also had a couple of friends who've had their own fertility journeys and I'm like, well, you should go and explore your mitochondria and do this and do that. But I think also like it's having the emotional capacity to do all of this stuff and make all these changes because sometimes there's a lot of changes to be made. So I guess maybe just to say, as we start this episode is just to frame that um, my goal or my intention for the information I want to share today is really about um, just broadening people's perspectives 
offering up a little bit of information in case it's something that you do want to go and explore or you do want to take on. Because I've, I've worked with a few clients on their fertility journeys. I'm not a fertility expert. You know, I don't specialize in that area. But I have worked with a few clients on their fertility journeys. And some of the information that I've been able to share with them has really been like make or break. And it's information that wasn't necessarily being considered or volunteered by their doctors. And I think this, this is where like my passion is, is just like, I, I feel that there's so much that people don't know, they don't know. And, you know, when you have those blind spots, it limits you in terms of what, what you can do. And I think maybe just knowing sometimes that there's a few other things you can change or a few other areas you can explore can really help to offer some hope. But that said, you know, sometimes things just don't work out for whatever reason as well. Mm-hmm. And I think just backing on that as well is that this idea that there's more to it perhaps than just the mechanics of it sometimes, because so often you hear these stories of my eggs are fine, the sperm is fine, something's not, it's just not working. And whereas I think that you take certainly more of a lifestyle approach and that's where I also speak towards the end of the episode about conscious conception and there's other stuff that's at play. There's other energetics, there's other emotional stuff that might be getting in the way of some of these other things when the mechanics are all in place. So let's dive into the mechanics and the physical stuff of it if you want to hit us off, Anna. Okay. So everybody go get your nerd glasses on um, <laughs> and because I'm going to educate you on your menstrual cycle. And the reason why I want to start with the menstrual cycle is because um, when I speak to so many of my clients and we're talking about hormones, whether that's just because there's some hormone imbalances or if it's a fertility thing, nobody ever sits us down and says to us, like, this is, this is how your cycle works. This is when you will start to count day one. This is when, you know, you'll start to count day 28 or how long should your cycle be? And Our cycles are such a fundamental part of being a woman, but yet we actually know very little about them unless we seek out that information ourselves, which one might do if they're looking to fall pregnant, or, you know, we have the opportunity to be educated about it. So first of all, I just wanted to run through very briefly how your cycle works. You count day one of your cycle from the day that you have your first proper bleed. So some women may get a little bit of spotting before they start menstruation, but your official day one is the day when you're like, okay, I'm bleeding now. This is not just spotting. And there's three phases in your cycle. There's the follicular phase, there's ovulation, and there's the luteal phase. And Your follicular phase is counted from day one of your cycle up until ovulation, which could be anywhere from seven days to 21 days, depending on your unique cycle. So many women like think, oh, 28 days is a normal cycle, but a cycle can be up to 35 days and still be considered normal. So in this follicular phase, what's happening is your endometrial lining is building. Your endometrial lining is building due to the gradual rise in estrogen. You release follicular stimulating hormone, which stimulates the ovarian follicles, which are just like little egg sacs so that they grow. And this follicular stimulating hormone also helps to increase your estrogen levels. Why this is really important for fertility is that you need to be building a nice, fluffy, healthy endometrial lining so that should you become pregnant or should, you know, the sperm fertilize the egg, 
you need that lovely fluffy endometrial lining for the egg to be able to implant. So when we're thinking about fertility, we want to make sure that that nice fluffy endometrial lining is getting built in the first half of the cycle. And that does rely on adequate amounts of follicular stimulating hormone as well as adequate amounts of estrogen being produced. And in order for us to produce adequate amounts of that follicular stimulating hormone, we have to have good brain health. And even though when we're thinking about fertility, you'll think about, okay, you know, what are thinking about eggs and you're thinking about the uterus and you're thinking about all the, the mechanics that happen down in the pelvic region of the body. We don't always think about what's happening in the brain. But the brain is where these hormones are being made that are then sending their signals you know, down towards those organs. And so I won't go into the, all the nitty gritty of brain health because I think we've actually covered that now quite a few times on the show, but just like a healthy functioning brain is really important for healthy functioning hormones because it's, it, the brain is the controller of everything. Other things to be aware of would be you know, excessive stress would have an impact on the follicular stimulating hormone. And in women, sometimes over-exercising, under-eating, which are in themselves stresses, would also have an impact on, on that first half of the cycle. Then as we move into ovulation, we need to have um, a surge in estrogen. So estrogen has to create a big peak and in order for that to happen, we also need adequate amounts of luteinizing hormone. And so again, we need the brain to be functioning well. So there's a good amount of luteinizing hormone, which is being produced. And we also need to be able to produce adequate amounts of estrogen so that ovulation can take place. And ovulation is actually an inflammatory event. So whenever there's a big change in the body, um, like a surge in estrogen or there's fertilization or there's implantation, there is a little bit of inflammation happening. So if your body is already in a state of low grade inflammation, that can impact the ability to have the contrast, I guess, between these big surges that are necessary for these energetic shifts to take place. And I think this is where diet comes in, is if you're eating a lot of foods which are potentially promoting inflammation in your diet, if there's poor digestive health, if there's maybe an underlying autoimmune condition, anything that will cause inflammation in the body, usually it's food, toxins, um, trauma, whether that's physical, mental or emotional trauma, and microbes like a microbial imbalance in your gut or even, for example, in your mouth, all of these things can have an impact on ovulation. I felt like you were scribbling some notes there, Shay. Was there something you wanted to <laughs> no, I will, it'll, I'll come back to it in, in okay. later. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things that I have, uh, it's worth mentioning here, is that commonly with clients who I've worked with who've had problems with miscarriage is they've had an underlying autoimmune condition, whether they've known it or not. And currently, or one of the biggest things that a lot of women suffer from is autoimmune thyroid condition. So having a good, healthy and functioning thyroid is really important in terms of your ability to maintain a pregnancy. And most doctors, when they're testing thyroid function, they only test thyroid stimulating hormone, which is the hormone that comes down from the brain and says to the thyroid, produce some thyroid hormones and T4, 
which is then necessarily you need to be able to be able to can't talk again. Um, so you need to be able to convert T4 to T3, which is the active thyroid hormone for, for that the thyroid actually to be doing its job. So most doctors will just test TSH, T4. They haven't tested T3. You've got no idea if that conversion is happening and if there's adequate thyroid function and also thyroid antibodies. So as long as um, thyroid function is normal, or being maintained, most doctors won't even test thyroid antibodies, but there can still be poor pregnancy outcomes when their thyroid antibody is present, even if thyroid function is normal. So even if you have a normal thyroid function, it's really worth just, even if it's just to rule it out and know that you're okay, to either ask your doctor to test your thyroid antibodies or you can get a blood spot test through Medichicks, um, which we've mentioned on the show before. You can do your thyroid antibodies yourself and then that might be something that you want to be aware of as you move through this fertility journey. So then um, the next and final phase of the cycle is your luteal phase. And what happens in the luteal phase is that when you ovulate, your body will release an egg from an ovarian follicle, so an egg sac, and that egg that is released becomes the corpus luteum. And the role of the corpus luteum is to produce progesterone. And progesterone is really important for fertility. It is once there has maybe been fertilization and implantation, the body needs progesterone to sustain the pregnancy. And coming back to this idea of inflammation is that progesterone is a little bit more anti-inflammatory, whereas estrogen is a little bit more pro-inflammatory. And your immune system has got a really complex job to do when you're pregnant because at one point, to a certain extent, what it's doing is it's accepting foreign tissue and deciding I'm going to grow a baby from this foreign tissue, which would be the sperm. But at the other time, it also needs to be active enough to keep the body safe. So it's got these two jobs which have to be really, really well balanced, which is I'm not going to reject this thing that isn't actually me. Um, but at the same time, I need to be active enough so that there's no infection or there's nothing else going on. And so this is where progesterone comes in it's because progesterone has this anti-inflammatory effect. It can prevent the immune system from kicking off a little bit too much um, and maybe rejecting the non-self pieces. And uh, progesterone is just also really important for sustaining pregnancy. So if there are any issues with progesterone production, then that's going to be a big challenge. You know, if, if the eggs are okay, if the sperm is okay, if fertilization is happening, if implantation is happening because it's a lovely fluffy uterine lining, but then there's something going on with progesterone or there's an inflammatory climate in the body that can be really challenging in terms of sustaining the pregnancy and, and potentially a cause for miscarriage. So this is where my favorite topic comes in, which is mitochondria. Because we need healthy mitochondria, which are the little energy factories in the cell, to make enough hormones. And I feel that this is something that is really, really overlooked in most people's fertility journeys. Because most people don't even know what the word mitochondria means, let alone know how to know if their mitochondria are working well. And so a really simple thing that you can do at home is test your blood sugar. 
And we've talked about blood sugar monitoring on the show before, so I won't go into the nitty gritties of it all. But what I will explain is that if there are any blood sugar imbalances, that can sometimes mean that the, the mitochondria aren't working as well because the mitochondria burn fat, not sugar. So if there's high blood sugar, which might mean that your blood sugar is greater than 5.5, two hours after you've eaten a meal, that means that you might be sugar dominant in the way that you process energy, which means that your mitochondria are just sitting back, not doing anything. And if you don't use them, they start to lose their function and they might not be as healthy. So there's so much more to mitochondria, but I think in terms of empowering you with something really simple, that's like the first thing I would check with any client on the fertility journey, apart from the actual hormone levels, is, is your blood sugar okay? Because that's a good indicator of what might be happening at the level of the mitochondria. Mm. So useful. And I remember actually just on that progesterone thing is that you were saying to me quite on an early pregnancy that fruits especially are quite progesterone rich. And I remember in the first early stages of pregnancy, all I could handle was cream crackers and like fruits like mango and like these soury kind of fruits. And you, I remember you saying to me like, oh, those are progesterone rich foods and your body needs progesterone to sustain a pregnancy. So it's just for me, like amazing how everything works together when it's in balance. Yes, exactly. And what's also amazing is the wisdom that you have in your own body, like you, and especially I think you share because you're, you're really connected to yourself and really in tune that you could just lean into that. It's like your body knew exactly what it needed and you were able to listen and give it that. So we've been through like quite a lot of stuff. I mean, this is like a fertility masterclass, like squished into about 15 minutes, but it can sound like a lot. Um, it can sound like a lot of information, but if I was to kind of summarize it into some broader areas, what I would say is the kind of foundations of what I would always check with my clients is, is your blood sugar okay? If not, then that needs to be addressed. When, you, when you're working on blood sugar control, your mitochondria are likely to be a little bit more healthy. Then you might be thinking about stress and remembering that stress is not just physical, not just mental, not just emotional. It's usually all of those things. And my personal opinion is that we are often unaware of how stressed we are. I always feel, for myself at least, that I'll go through a busy period, but I'll be like, no, I'm fine. It's not that bad. And then I, once I come out the other end, I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah, there was a lot going on there. So often we see in hindsight, but when we're in it, it's difficult for us to really see the stress and the pressure that we're under. So this is why it's important really to cultivate lifelong practices that help to balance the nervous system. And I think you're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second, but that's such an important piece of the puzzle because stress impacts the brain. And remember all our hormonal signaling is happening from the brain down. And then, then there's the feedback loop, obviously from you know our reproductive organs up again, but we need that, that healthy connection and stress is going to impact those signaling pathways. So we've got blood sugar, um, blood sugar control, stress management and um, the concept of inflammation which might be inflammation that's coming because of your gut is imbalanced or you have an infection in your gums or it can be inflammation that's coming because you're overstressed or inflammation that's coming from the foods that you're eating so inflammation happens in many different ways in the body 
but we can support ourselves with healthy blood sugar control, healthy stress management, eating a diet which is, you know, of unprocessed single ingredient foods, lots of omega-3 fatty acids, and limiting those things which might be a little bit more pro-inflammatory like gluten and dairy, alcohol and excess sugar in the diet. So if you can do those three things, you are already putting your body in a really, really good position. And then there are then other little things that you might want to do, like investigate your thyroid, dive deeper into mitochondria function if that's what you need. Another thing worth mentioning is iron. So iron levels or healthy iron levels are really important for blood flow. And they're also important for building up that healthy, fluffy endometrial lining that you want for implantation. So that's another really easy thing that you can do is either through an online testing company or through your doctor, just ask them to check your ferritin levels. And ideally for fertility, you're looking at a number between 40, 40 plus, I guess, 40 to 50 would kind of be a good number to aim for if fertility is a goal. So interesting. So would you say, and this is what I'm hearing, is that it sounds like all of these things you would do before you have a meeting with a fertility specialist. Is that what, for for me, it's sounding like? Rather than going to a fertility specialist, getting freaked out by whatever they say because they're looking at just the nuts and bolts of it without like actually taking a broader zoomed out picture. Like these are some things that you can, let's say you have to go down a IBF route or any other route that is a little bit more uh, invasive to the body, you are essentially preparing your body for that process if it ends there anyway. So like, yeah, so it's like, you know, preparing yourself before you go down this journey as opposed to moving down the journey and then realizing it's not working and then having to try and backtrack when you're already stressed and feeling a little bit maybe perhaps panicked or anxious about it all. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there's, there's such a, I think there's such a psychological impact of all of it is because then you start to get anxious about, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? Am I ovulating? Shall we have sex now? I don't know. You're going to talk about this in a moment, but there's definitely that kind of psychological stress and all the pressure and then how that affects the body and especially your stress hormones. I, I, I don't really know how people think about pregnancy these days, but you know, the way that I would think about it, if it was me, was I would really be looking to iron out anything that's an, any underlying health issues before I fall pregnant, maybe even like six months to 12 months before falling pregnant, because blood sugar control, for example, can take some time to, to get right. So I think if you're going into a pregnancy journey, or maybe you're already in it and you're just wanting to do the best for yourself, is definitely want to work on rebalancing the body as much as possible. And some people already do that. They already, um, when I think about some of the women I've worked with, they're already doing yoga, working on themselves, eating very well, very, very self-aware, but maybe they do have an autoimmune condition. No one's ever explained to them that having thyroid antibodies could be something that's going to have an impact on their pregnancy. So there might be some cases where people want to dig a little bit deeper and maybe do have to go the extra mile to rebalance the body. But then what you were saying about then, you know, maybe going now thinking about IVF, if you've been not been able to fall pregnant, some of the research suggests that all of these things that I've talked about help with IVF outcomes. So it's not like, well, you could do all the stuff and be healthy, or you could just do IVF, I think, because IVF also doesn't work sometimes. And these are all things you want to do 
whether you just want to ensure you're having a health that you will have a healthy pregnancy, whether you've been trying to fall pregnant and something's not quite right, or whether you are now thinking about going down um, the IVF route. Do you have anything else that you want to add on to the physical mechanics of things and how people can support themselves? I have got so much and I hope that I had like I covered I think the best uh, like the most important pieces the only other piece I think I'd actually just like to mention is about cervical fluid so and many women may know when they ovulate because you probably notice like a, a sticky white discharge coming from the vagina, which is associated with that estrogen surge. And so we always do have a little bit of cervical mucus, but that really rises by about like a thousand percent or so, a hundred percent when we are ovulating. And so there are things that you can do to help that cervical fluid because that cervical fluid with ovulation helps to channel the sperm towards the egg. And so drinking enough water, shea, which (laughs) is really important. Omega-3 fatty acids, so oily fish can help that cervical fluid. Seed cycling, which we've spoken about on the show before, but it's um, consuming different seeds at different times of the month. So flax and pumpkin seed in the first half of the month, sesame seed and sunflower seed in the second half of the month can maybe help. Something that I recommend to all my clients, um, not for fertility, but for various reasons is um, N-acetylcysteine, which is just, I just think it's great for everything, but it's also great as a natural mucolytic. So it can also help with the production of um, cervical fluid. So that's just another thing that you can think about I think these are like the cherries on the top and the the kind of the low-hanging fruit that you really want to work on is that blood sugar control stress management deal with any underlying sources of inflammation and then maybe looking at some digestive health yeah so I think all of that is like so foundational in terms of like what's going on physically in the body and if I think of our journey to where we are right now if I look back at it from a very objective lens, I'm like, wow, all of those things that you're mentioning, like we were doing, like we did. In the beginning of the year, Warren and I both did a gut reset and we just, it was something that we decided to do. And that is basically, you know, resetting the gut. We followed Anna's program, which you can get from her. And it was just like a, re- it's like a cleansing and it's like, well, not cleansing, but you know, it's a, it's a rebalancing of everything so that you feel that you, you're not like overloaded with sugars or alcohol or all those, you know, things like dairy, which can spark up the inflammation response. So Juan and I had both done that. And if you listen back to one of the other episodes that we had done, um, I had also had a Medi-Checks checkup where Anna did a very thorough like um, look over all my blood work. And it was not to do with anything with trying to fall pregnant. It was just really curious, you know, just from a health perspective. And I look back at it now and I'm like, I wonder if this was, was I'm going to talk about this idea of conscious conception, which is something that I've only recently come across from the Free Birth Society podcast. But I wonder if this was some kind of subconscious conception. You know, we, we did all that physical gut work, rebalancing work. But then also, I think from an emotional perspective and from if we think about from a more spiritual perspective or energy perspective, like there is some kind of energy shift that's taking place in pregnancy. And I think, as we know, emotions are held in the body and there's 
emotions, especially heavy emotions, emotions like anger, emotions like fear, emotions like guilt, grief, whatever we're carrying from, of other people, that sits heavy in the body. And I think when we can clear those, it creates more of this open channel energetically. And one and I both last year did Path of Love and I did another core energetics work and uh, different courses like that. And I think that was a lot to do with this clearing of any of the heavier emotional blockages that perhaps come up from just living day-to-day lives. And then just as we went into, because we conceived within probably three or four days of going into lockdown, but it was two weeks before everybody else went into lockdown. So it felt like our lives were completely slowing down whilst the whole other rest of the world was still at the same pace. So it was that energetic like oh it's kind of like this feeling of like slowing down relaxing chilled when everything else was fast-paced around us and I think that definitely has an impact on that parasympathetic nervous system that feeling of like feed and breed and you know that that kind of state of being and then Warren and I also did an energy course together and it was just, it was something that was, I'd seen it advertised and I was like, oh, I really want to do this. Let's do it together. And we're at home together, just decided to do it. And I think for me and my experience is like the only way that I can explain it is that it created some kind of clear energetic channel or like a bridge between us that is more than just connecting over a dinner or connecting over a picnic in the park or just time together, but there's something else that's at play, some kind of energetic element or some kind of spiritual element that connects you on another, yeah, on another level. And I think all of those things that were not for the reason of us trying to fall pregnant, but all those things in place created this really fertile ground for pregnancy to take place in a very spontaneous way. And I don't, and I'm very grateful that we haven't had to go through that stress and anxiety of, Oh my gosh, this is not happening. Why is it not happening mentally? Like I think that can be extremely draining and I can imagine it just being completely all consuming and overwhelming when you are in that situation. So yeah, I'm very grateful that it happened in this way. This idea of conscious conception that I've only heard recently since I've been listening to the Free Birth Society podcast, which is a super interesting podcast, um, women just birthing and going into labor, completely autonomous. Um, often they are birthing at home with no one except their partners or perhaps maybe a doula or a sister or something like that. Um, but it's really an empowering, um, empowering show if you are interested in that. But this idea of conscious conception, it really, they explain it in the sense of calling in a spirit baby or calling it in. And that can be done through ritual. It can be done through whatever practices feel fit for you. But they also go through these different aspects of the physical body, the spiritual body, the mental body, the emotional body, which I think we've kind of covered a lot of that physical aspect and perhaps also the mental aspect, emotional aspect with that idea of the stress and your lifestyle and all of those outside things. But I think there's also, there's a spiritual element of this as well. And I think, you know, the, the readiness and openness, although Warren and I didn't have this chat and like, let's have a baby now, but in previous years, we have definitely spoken about, yeah, this is something that we're ready for, something that we're open to. And there's a willingness and a readiness there, which I think 
is also important. Like, really, are you opening yourself to a baby? And I think, yeah, it's it's just it's just been a really interesting interesting journey for us. And I think, obviously, our experience is not everybody's experience, and these more energetic woo-woo sides of things are not to replace or not to undermine all the physical stuff and all the mechanics of it. And perhaps there are things that um, require a little bit more specialized attention. So yeah, that's kind of my journey in, in it. And yeah, those kind of practices that I think were done, just they were done and it just created a, a, a pathway for this to happen. Yeah, I love that. And I, we, we often come back to the similar theme on the show where we're talking about like that, that yoga uniting the sort of more physical, tangible realm, with the more spiritual woo-woo kind of realm. And I think that always rings true, I feel, across all aspects of life is that it's not just I'm only going to do the physical stuff or I'm only going to do the more spiritual, mental, emotional stuff, but it's we are the most well and whole when all those parts are integrated. And I feel that in my own life, I sometimes will put a little bit more attention on the physical for a bit and then something will happen and it will swing me back and then I'll work on the spiritual piece for a bit and, and I'll kind of move through these, like, you know, through different phases of focusing a little bit more. But as a whole, I'm kind of pulling up the socks of, of all these pieces and starting to operate on a higher level across the board. Mm-hmm. And I think that idea of what you're saying about the physical, the human aspect of ourselves and then the spiritual, the divine aspect of ourselves. Like if I think of what I can imagine birth to be like, is like I cannot imagine a more relevant example of those things sitting absolutely side by side in the exact same moment. Like there's no moment in life where you are that human and that vulnerable in terms of right on the cusp of life and death, but also at the same time, there's nothing more godlike I would imagine than bringing new life into the world. Like, so yeah, just this, this complete totality of us being the one and the same at the same time in this experience that we're living through. So yeah, it's just a, it's a really beautiful way to think about it. And I think, yeah, there's all these different aspects and realms and things that we can, yeah, we can do to support ourselves through this journey. Mm. And I think trust yourself to know what you need to do for you. I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest themes that comes through with a lot of the women I work with is they, they sometimes know what they want to do, but they're, they're afraid to do it because if they haven't built that trust. So if you feel like, you know, you, you want to lean a bit more into working on your physical health, but it's all kind of new for you, just trust that and go with it. Or if you feel like your physical health is quite good and you want to develop more spiritually and you feel like that would really make a big difference for you in your fertility journey, then lean into that and trust it. Cause I think we really do know what we need and we just have to trust ourselves sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Is there anything else you want to add or kind of share? Maybe if people want to work with you. 
Yeah, so I think every, all the information I've shared today about um, the kind of mechanics of well, the nuts and bolts of the physical side is in my Happy Hormones ebook, which I've just rewritten. Um, I think it's about 116 pages now. So I've added in another 50 pages of information and beautiful graphics from Shay. So that's like a really, really easy intro option if you just want to learn a little bit more about your hormones and what you can do to optimize them. Um, Sometimes reading things in a book is not the same as being just sitting down and having a conversation with someone and getting that specific guidance, which is relevant to you. So um, that is something I offer as well. If you want to reach out to me through social media, through my website, um, and just explore your options. Yeah, amazing. Anything else? No, that, that is it. Thank you, everybody, for, for listening today. And um, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Yeah, and thank you for sharing your wisdom with us, Shayana. And yours too. Bye, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Daya Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.